This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? <laughs> well, um... I, I'm I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm I'm actually. Uh, how do I how do I say this? I'm uh, I'm sitting in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those days. I'm literally sitting in my closet at my home. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. We were uh, supposed to um, record today at the shop, and uh, man, things have just been uh, you know truly nuts around the around the shop, just with the uh, Black Friday sales and uh, business and all that kind of stuff, and so. We were scrambling, hoping to uh, get folks out of uh, the area so that I could record a podcast and in peace and serenity uh, while smoking my pipe and <laughs> talking with one of my best friends. And uh, and uh-huh. instead, my uh, blessed staff, who is uh, at, uh, at the shop right now, uh, faithfully making mail orders, they were like, you know, it'd probably be best if, if you just did that from home. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just get 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 out of here. We <laughs> oh man, that's that, it. Yeah. And so uh yeah, man, I'm I'm sitting sitting on my closet floor. Uh my uh my dog Penny uh is is a few feet away and um luckily the the closets at our our new house are a little larger than the one at our old house and so um yeah, I got got a little room to spread out. Got my little glass of water here and surrounded by um, you know, my ratty uh ratty suits and uh and and clothing and yeah, man, just having a good time <laughs> well hey listen there's absolutely nothing wrong with that the uh, recording from the closet is is that, that's a that's like a that's like a podcast classic right there that's a classic move so uh, nothing wrong with that i feel like that's a whole series that could happen recording from the closet but that's a different podcast <laughs> no honestly that would be an entire network i'm telling right. you man. like the i look you laugh but i mean the reality is i've i've told people many a time that that record like when they when they i mean like right now i i pick up a ton of echo where i'm at i would be doing our listeners far better justice by actually being in my closet uh, where the coats can muffle the reverb so your audio is probably better today than it ever has been so oh, nothing to hilarious. apologize for there <laughs> well uh hey man i know you said yeah. that uh, y'all are y'all are pretty swamped there um you know what what uh, what what has the response to uh the the black friday and small business sunday and cyber monday and quarantine yeah. quarantine day i don't know <laughs> what has it all been like this year and pearl harbor day and everything else yeah no it's been Goodness, it's been yeah. great man we're very uh yeah really thankful it's been a lot of fun so um, yeah, you know, what, what's unfortunate on, um, you know, last week was Thanksgiving as we're uh, recording today, December 1st, uh, 2020 in the year of our Lord. Last week was Thanksgiving and, um, man, I got food poisoning on Thanksgiving day. Oh, and, no way, um, it was dude. awful. It was the good yeah. thing is like, you know, by, you know, by the Lord's grace, I, I, I didn't get sick until the very end of the day. We had a fantastic day. Everything mm. was delicious. Lots of good you know, company and all this kind of stuff and, you know, good, good wine and, you know, took a nap. It was, it was just, it was a great day. And then, uh, and then I got really, really sick and, you know, I don't, have you ever had food poisoning, Bo? I mean, not, not in any kind of like violent way or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it, it was violent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your body, you know, your body is um, determined. It's like, okay, wait, something's wrong and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get rid of everything in just order to protect myself, right? Like it, nothing is sacred. Like it's just everything's gone, and so down to the last little kernel, <laughs> it's just all gone. And uh, man, it was a it was a rough few days. So uh, man, you know what's what's crazy? I couldn't be at work on on Black Friday. Couldn't be at work on Small Business Saturday. Uh, yesterday was only the second day uh, that I could actually get down some. Um, you know, salad foods and stuff like that, just really, you know, tender stomach and all that for the last several days. But, um, man, what's been painful is a, a couple things. I have been able to smoke my pipe. Like, I, I have not smoked a pipe in days. I mean, literally since, well, sure, since yeah. Thanksgiving Day. And so, uh, that's actually been hard. Like, I've, it's it, harder than, uh, normal the, the last time I took several days off. Just, uh, man, hadn't, hadn't been smoking it. And, uh, and it's just kind of, you know, uh, been, been struggling with the, temptation there a lot of tobaccos that i've been wanting to try and um you know just the rhythms of that and so uh so that's it's been kind of tough my, my i just feel like my uh, loins are not up to the job quite yet so 
right, um, right. You know, so that's one thing. But, you know, it, it, it is amazing. I'll just say as an aside, the first thing that went through my mind when I got, you know, had this illness is that I might have coronavirus, you know. And, and so you're really sick sure, yeah. and you're violently, uh, you know, throwing up and, and otherwise. And it's like, man, this could uh, I might actually have uh, have the coronavirus. And, um, you know, I went and got tested and, you know, it came back negative and all that, you know, and that that was very positive. But, you know, I had this flashes through my mind, man, I might have to shut my shop down for 14 mm, days mm, in quarantine yeah. and, and that during the busiest part of the of the year and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, the emotional toil it took just, you know, kind of working through that and and uh, the terror of, you know, waiting on the doctor to come in and and uh, give me the verdict of, you know, if my business is going to go on for the next two weeks kind of thing. <laughs> it Goodness, was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty tough, man. Pretty, pretty tough, uh, pretty tough week there. So anyway, we're, we're bouncing back. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to uh, stomach a little smoke here in the next day or two. I'm kind of easing back into it because I'm still a little tender. So we're, uh, we're getting there. <laughs> You're getting there. All right. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad, uh, man, it's, that's a rough Thanksgiving. We, we had a, it was kind we had of a, rough. Yeah. It's kind of rough. What, what, what did y'all do? Hopefully it was uh, cheerier. <laughs> oh, it was, it was far better. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, we, we did it kind of in phases this year. Uh, on Tuesday, we did kind of a little bit of a, a pseudo traditional Thanksgiving meal where we actually, um, we actually had did duck instead of instead of turkey just because obviously it was just that's nice yeah my wife and the kids and uh yeah smaller smaller group therefore smaller meal and yeah uh, so we did that but the big thing was on thanksgiving uh, day or i guess technically wednesday afternoon or, or wednesday morning we surprised the girls by telling them that afternoon we were going to go down to the coast and so we took them down to uh, the surfside beach here in uh, in yeah. texas just about an hour and a half away from the house and uh, we went down there for a few days, and man, it was awesome. We just had the best time. Uh, the water was freezing cold, but the kids didn't care, and so they went swimming anyway. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was it was real nice. It was just us. Uh, you know, we 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 did we did very well on the social distancing. There weren't too many people there or anything like that. And uh, you know, there's this one spot of beach that not very many people know about that my wife and I found last time we were there, and so we were able to to kind of grab that and. Uh, set up shop there with my fishing poles and, and it was, it was wonderful, man. We caught a whole mess of fish. I think in, in total, I caught, uh, 12 fish, uh, tossed like two of them back and, and we fried up all the rest and man, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That's great, man. I'm so, I mean, it's un, untraditional, not orthodox, you know, Thanksgiving weekend, just a lot of fun still, you know, kind of finding those, uh, you know, good fishing holes there around your local area and, um, man, that's great. I'm glad. It sounds like it sounds like the kids had fun too. Yeah, there, there's something nice about kind of you know bumping tradition a little bit. Trying like this is the year to try something new. Like that's that's kind of helped. <laughs> I think just like on a psychological level, like it's helped me. Like you know what? No, let's let's look at this holiday season like not for what it's not going to be, but for what it could be. And like like let's let's like try the things and do the the holiday traditions that in the back of your head you always wanted to do, or like the, maybe there's things you hate. Like yeah. if you're somebody that hates turkey and there there are people out there that hate turkey. Like this was the year to not do turkey for Thanksgiving. Like like let's get a Domino's pizza for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know like cuz you want to, so why not? Like this I is know, the year right? to do it. So <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see how uh this this mindset if I'm able to kind of maintain this through uh through the Christmas season as well. I've got uh I will say that uh that duck was so good and you know cooking those like gamey fatty like uh, like you know poultry dishes it really got me excited and, and maybe a little overconfident. So this Christmas, yeah. I think I might be trying a Christmas goose, which I've never cr- done Christmas before. Christmas goose. So. <laughs> There's a lot of folks that, uh, you know, shun the turkey for Christmas and go for duck or lamb or something like that. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've always done roast for Christmas. But and, and you know, I, last year I even did a, um, oh gosh, what's that? Beef Wellington, which was incredible. Oh, yeah. That's uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out amazing too, and I, I was excited to do it this year. But I don't know. I think I might try goose this year. We'll just we'll have to kind of see where it all okay. Okay. where it all comes together. That's but man, one thing's for sure. I uh, I'm 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 excited to have you on on uh, you know <laughs> decided to get you on on the call to to, to see how you're doing because I know it's just been crazy for you with everything going on. Uh, but I'm stoked for this episode. And of course, this episode would not be made possible without the support of our amazing patrons and uh, those that are members of the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Uh, man, we've got two brand new patrons who uh, have joined up to uh, to help out the show. We got to give them a shout out: uh, Tom Hodgson and Kenny uh, Simonian. Simonian? Simeon? Simonian? Kenny. That's right. Tom and Kenny, man, thank y'all so much for uh, for your support of the show, becoming patrons. 
And hey, if you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio where you can do it there. Well, man, we have got a hero of the bowl that I think there there are <laughs> if if ever there was a hero of the bowl with Mississippi ties. How do, how do I even say this? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like John David Cole would be a hero of the bull with Mississippi ties. Now that I think about <laughs> it, so I, I can't say that he's like the only one. In fact, there's several uh, famous pipe smokers from Mississippi who have graced the doors of the country squire and beyond. Uh, but, but this is an individual who is, uh, very much associated with Mississippi and very much associated with the pipe. And of course, today, our hero of the bowl that we're going to be talking about is Mr. William Faulkner. Yeah, man, that's right. It, it, it's funny. I, it, first of all, I'd like to clarify, I would never be associated with the hero of the bowl. I would be, I don't know, man. maybe, I, maybe a court jester of the bowl or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, an entertaining, uh, you know, just sideshow of the bowl, but, uh, man, yeah, William, William Faulkner. Faulkner today, um, you know, hero of the bowl. This is um, obviously a very, very famous individual who, um, you know, lived in the early 20th century and, uh, you know, wrote some uh, of the best uh, English language novels and, and short stories of all time and, um, and and native Mississippian and 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 uh, first and foremost, of course, pipe smoker, uh, someone we've talked about uh, around the periphery. Uh, here and there, but um, you know, not someone we've really dived into as far as a uh, kind of an expose on their life and work and tobacco interests and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, uh, overdue. I mean, I you know, to to be honest, uh, we've done this uh, for you know a long time now, and this is uh, one of our older series that we've uh, had on Country Squire Radio. And um, yeah, man, overdue talking about William Faulkner. He's a a complicated person, someone that. You know, uh, obviously, was uh, very influential in uh, in in American literature, Southern literature, and also a uh, someone who was often uh, photographed uh, with his pipe. And of course, that was a big part of his pensive time while he was uh, working on his on his novels and and things like that. And um, so, anyway, a lot of lot of fun, man. William Faulkner, uh, you know, it, it, obviously an American writer, a uh, essayist. Uh, he wrote uh, even short stories and screenplays. Uh, poetry and um, and just a just a very versatile person and Nobel laureate. A lot of folks don't know he was actually a, a Nobel laureate as well as a uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author. And so, um, man, born in ni- 1897, didn't really get started in his writing career until around 1920 um, when he uh, wrote some of his first works and things started to uh, take off there. But um, you know, very, um, you know, interesting uh, life and, and very in tune with agrarian rural Mississippi, uh, kind of a sophisticated family coming up and, um, you know, someone that wanted to, um, you know, kind of break into that more sophisticated class, just, a, you know, interesting folks. Um, he's from a little town in North Mississippi that I, I, that I don't like to talk about much, you know. There's a reason I don't like to talk about it very much, and that's because a university that I'm not very fond of is there, and that's Ole Miss. <laughs> wow. And, wow. Uh, okay. Man. Okay. I see what just happened there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's okay. I, I will, you know, I, I have to give them credit. They won the Egg Bowl this past weekend, so <laughs> against against my alma mater, Mississippi State, so I can, right, uh, right, I, right, I can right. be honest about my feelings and, and then, you know, turn around and congratulate them on a on a football win. But yeah, man, it, uh, you know, Faulkner hailing from Oxford there, uh, very uh, small town. Wait, hang on, hang on. Rich, real quick, real quick, because I mean, I think we need to lean in even further here because, yeah. as, you know, the, there is, of course, the rivalry factor there. Yeah. Um, but, but beyond just the football element, I mean, the fact that we are talking about, you know, Oxford and Ole Miss and, and, and well, Oxford specifically, uh, you know, Oxford is very proud of Faulkner. To say the least, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's like, true. This is like if if there was a patron saint of Oxford, or if there was, uh, let's say, a competition for the patron saint of Oxford, Faulkner would be high on up there. Is that safe yeah. to say? Yeah, I I, I okay. can't imagine him be, not being number one. If you know, he he'd certainly be in the top three. <laughs> right. So you know, so when you when you talk about you know, all right, so let's 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 hold that thought, right? Okay, so there's that. When you think about, let's say, patron saints of literature when it comes to the entire state of Mississippi, uh, or, or, you know, let's even go, let's, let's, maybe that's, maybe that's too strong. Let's say, let's say like a Mount Rushmore, like we were saying the other day, right? Like, like, let's say there was a Mount Rushmore of literature and authors from Mississippi. Is it safe to, I mean, you know, you do a wealthy, you got some, you got some great names that would be up there. 
Faulkner would definitely be one. Is this correct? Oh, yeah, of course. So Oxford Where are you going is home. <laughs> Oxford, Mississippi. I just, I just want to like really, really lean in here. So Oxford, Mississippi <laughs> is home to one of Mississippi's like, like all-time greatest authors to, to like, like, like known worldwide and internationally too. In many yeah. respects, Faulkner is like yeah. a, he is a, he is a kind of a, um, a reason why people come to Mississippi. Now I know that listeners of this show think it's just for their, their pipe pilgrimages. That's why people come to Mississippi, but no, there are readers from all over the world that travel to Oxford, Mississippi <laughs> because of William Faulkner. So you know, anyway, I just, I, I'm kind of getting want to glaze over this. Like fact. I kind of, no, no, no. I've had I've had food poisoning for the past several days, and like I I, I just keep hearing this ringing thing in my ear. That's kind of uh-huh. it's it's kind of making me a little ill, queasy feeling. You know, I, I don't know. It's almost like when you smoke too much and and get a little bit of that nicotine poisoning, and then you know uh, right, maybe you right, did right, eat a bad yeah. piece of turkey, and then uh, yeah, sure, your, sure, your yeah. football game didn't go your way that you don't want to talk about, and 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 one of your best friends keeps uh, bringing up a, a ge- geographical area that you're. <laughs> not particularly crazy about it just i, I don't know man it's uh I, i'm not feeling great so we may have to cut this uh discussion short <laughs> oh no come on man it's one of those I'm things you got to lean in on no of course Absolutely. you know uh, oxford is a it, it is a beautiful town it's a it's small town in north mississippi and um close to memphis it, it has kind of a, a high society uh feel to it it's very a very uh, literary uh kind of society there's some uh you know uh, kind of government uh, entities and and offices that are located up there that for a small town in a in a rural state like Mississippi it kind of attracts a uh, just a more cosmopolitan kind of feel and so um, that goes back actually a long way uh, you know even to the late 19th century when William Faulkner came around you know there was kind of this uh, you know a culture of uh, you know literary uh, haughtiness that was kind of around the the university there and Faulkner was uh, you know very much in that and and contributed to it and of course like you said is uh, is probably one of the uh, most famous people from our from our state and so um, yeah very very fascinating you know as he went on to influence greatly southern literature um, but um, you know also American literature in general uh, as that Pulitzer Prize winning author and, and Nobel laureate so actually the only Nobel laureate from our state actually which is kind of right, yeah. kind of interesting yeah so throughout the 1920s and 30s Faulkner did everything he could to get out of that little town in North Mississippi but 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 loved it so much that he stayed there and uh, he reached his peak, uh, you know, there around, um, you know, the, the 1930s. And really when his work became incredibly popular was towards the late 1940s when uh, an anthology was um, published about uh, his work and it was just kind of easy to access. And so uh, folks were able to, you know, digest his literature very uh, readily. And then, of course, in 1949, he won the Nobel Prize in in literature. So, um, man, just a an interesting character. Bo, have you read much Faulkner? That, that you know, it's one thing to know about William Faulkner. It's one thing to appreciate William Faulkner, but it's a different thing to meet someone that's actually read William Faulkner. Have you have you interacted with any of his work? Well, I mean, like as as any good Mississippian, I I, I was forced to in, <laughs> in high school. I know. Uh, but in terms of like, have I like chosen to do so on my own? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I know that's not the case because no one really does that anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, like one of the things that you learn early on, and I mean, especially as a dyslexic in high school, yeah. is like William Faulkner is not going to be kind to he's me. He's not going like, to be he, kind to you. No. Well, he's going to take a gajillion words to get out like a single thought. Well, you know? <laughs> and, and not only that, what he was so uh, kind of infamous for and, and still is with the uh, uh, poor high school students that have to deal with his work is, uh, you know, these three page long sentences with no punctuation right. and a uh, stream of thought of a, uh, you know, a seven year old, uh, you know, mentally handicapped individual and thinking about their, uh, you know, experience and trying to process the, uh, you know, the, the reality that they're experiencing, whether it's, uh, you know, walking through a field or talking to a, uh, an awkward person or whatever it is. And just uh, li- literally, I mean, it, these, you know, page after page of, of no punctuation, italic print, uh, just in intense. And of course it's very, uh, intentional, you know, how he does that. The idea is to get you in that, uh, that mindset of, wow, this is someone that, uh, is, is experiencing a very, uh, 
uh, very emotional, very twisted uh, kind of reality. And he wants you there in the middle of it. It's uh, it's right. it's it's beautiful. It's hard. It's it's sad. Uh, and it's uh, and and it's um, and it's difficult to read. It's difficult to read. Uh, it really, really is. Um, it, it's kind of interesting, you know. Faulkner um, was not one of the best students, and and actually uh, was known to skip class there uh, through throughout school. He actually got a D in English, which is kind of funny, uh, and that oh, might wow. be why some of the. Uh, uh, some of the punctuation is uh, is missing there from his uh, <laughs> from his um, you know work, but um, you know just an interesting person. You know, spent a lot of time in New Orleans, and um, you know was well traveled and, and connected. Uh, went to the University of Mississippi and um, and and got his degree there, and then uh, you know went on uh, later to uh, to wed, and really was committed though to to you know keeping his life there. Uh, in Mississippi, although he was a resident a writer in residence at the University of uh, Virginia at Charlottesville uh, in the uh, in the late 1950s, so um, man, it, interesting character. The the kind of uh, genre, I guess, that he um, that did most, you know, it was this Southern Gothic uh, kind of genre. It was this kind of dark, uh, rich, very uh, hypersensitive, emotional. Uh, you know, uh, tragic, um, you know, uh, thoughts and and stories that uh, just he wanted to tell. You know, Faulkner had a quote. He said, "You know, you that we've mentioned multiple times on the show. I think we even said it last time on the show uh, last right. week. But you know, you, you to understand the world, you have to understand a place like Mississippi. And um, there's so much brokenness and hurt and and pain and injustice. But then, uh, but but sincere, true." beauty and humanity and and mm, grace mm-hmm. and tenderness and it's just this weird amalgam that um that does kind of encapsulate a a, a fallen but uh redeemable world you know it's kind of kind of interesting and and that that is in some ways the story of our state um it, it's uh it's fascinating so in some in some ways faulkner's work it is beautiful it, it is it is uh sad it is kind of evokes a lot of emotion but it also very much is uh you know, a, a good portrait of, of kind of kind of where we live, you know, and that's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And of course, there's there's a reason for that. Right. There's a reason why his stories are so accurate, painfully accurate at times, be, be, be it, you know, presented as fiction. In many, many respects, a lot of these were I don't want to say plagiarized, but let's just say like heavily inspired by people that he either knew. Oh, yeah. Or the journals of people that he knew. Uh, which is interesting doing some research kind of in preparation for this, you know, I, you know, having to step away from the being forced to write, you know, for, for English literature, you know, uh, (laughs) about, about Faulkner and really just look at him as a, as a man and as, you know, ultimately a pipe smoker. Like one of the things that I found very, very fascinating that I never really focused on before or even knew was just how much like people were like, oh, they, you know, like the local community would read his books and be like, well, that's, that's Sally. Like we know who this person is like, this, or, or, or even worse, John, like, like, like this is me. That's you. <laughs> yeah, this is me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Man. He, he had, uh, you know, basically a lot of primary sources to pull from and um, a lot of his stories were set in, uh, in this, this fictitious county that he created uh it, it's i'm, I'm going to try to say this dink dink yeah it, 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 fictitious it, right it, it, it right it's uh it, it he called it uh uh county yak 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 nipitaka yeah that one y o k n a p a t a w p h a county uh mississippi a fictional county in mississippi but um a place where he could kind of uh, developed this uh, culture and set of characters that were based on his local uh, area there in North Mississippi and his uh, personal experience in that area and uh, a lot of the characters that he uh, you know would would know and think about throughout his own life. Uh, Faulkner referred to it often as the apocryphal county. It was the a county that you know maybe uh, wasn't really there, but but kind of should be. You know, <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and really really interesting. So. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, just a, a fascinating character in his own right, though. Um, you know, a, a, a thoughtful person, someone that wanted to uh, bring the story of 
the the broken but interesting South uh, to the world, and uh, you know, but also was was proud to be from where he was from, and um, you know, was very uh, involved in in that area, just very. Um, very uh, committed to uh, to you know developing that area and that type of thing. Uh, grew up in a you know a post Civil War uh, environment, a uh, place obviously where uh, there was still a lot of brokenness and uh, you know different influences there. But um, you know Faulkner was was someone who uh, you know had traveled and and uh, it, it become more sophisticated and and obviously was intent on bringing some of that uh, back home and so. Uh, and, and really with the, you know, brokenness in some of his writing was, um, uh, you know, was uh, able to, you know, portray uh, the sense of, of uh, heartache, but also hope that uh, exists in some of these areas. So uh, just a lot of richness there, kind of interesting. Um, it, there was a place in uh, uh, New Orleans that he spent his time right there across from uh, the cathedral at St. Louis uh, Cathedral on Jackson Square. And do you know the name of this place where Faulkner actually spent uh, a summer and and wrote some of his work. Do you know the name of this place, Bo? So at the, I don't know what it was at the time, but I do know that like it has since been called like the Faulkner Library. It, it they have a a thing there now called the Faulkner Library, but uh, it's it's a six it, it is six twenty four Pirates Alley. Uh, Pirates, oh, Alley. Pirates Alley. That's yeah, right. it's right off of Pirates Alley. And uh, right. and and so Pirates Alley it has this kind of uh, you know th- there is the Faulkner House books there and. You know, and and so they try to pay homage to it, but there is kind of this real connection with the author, and uh, you know some of the interesting tales that were weaved, the darkness of that uh, that area, and, and some of his uh, uh, work. Faulkner kind of has this tie there. We actually, for a long time, had a tobacco at the Country Squire named Pirates Alley uh, mm-hmm. in his honor, uh, Virginia Perique tobacco, and and one of our most popular blends. We had it for decades, and uh, hope to bring that back at some point, but. Um, anyway, just a, a fascinating figure, uh, you know, went on again to write, uh, you know, his, his best-selling works, The uh, Sound and the Fury, Absalom, Absalom, As I Lie Dying, uh, Light and August. I mean, these were works that are all listed in the 100 uh, best English language novels of the of the 20th century. Uh, Sound and the Fury uh, on most lists tops around, uh, you know, certainly around top 10, but somewhere around the top five, which is, uh, you know, pretty significant. And um, you know, it just very uh, accomplished, and then of course, eventually was awarded uh, the Nobel Prize for uh, for literature. So, just a fascinating figure. You know, you can you can actually find you know old 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 video footage and and recordings of some of his speeches, and um, you know, it, it's it's so weird to hear his voice, and, and it is kind of a voice of a bygone era, and it, it's odd to hear. Man, how do I say this? Like. As as someone who has done in you know who has spent a good amount of t- his time in audio editing and audio archival digging, uh, it it's rare to hear that level of accent and be able to ascribe it with the level of respect that one does with Faulkner. <laughs> like I, I I I tried to say that as best I could with with as much respect because obviously that's that's our Mississippi accent. That's no, that that that's. That's that Mississippi accent that has a certain sound to it that is of a certain <laughs> air. You know, like it's it. There's a generational Mississippi accent, right? Like you, you talk to most folks these days, you know, they're going to have a certain accent as well. But what I'm saying is, if you have that, <laughs> like you can, like it's not just a Mississippi accent. There's a generational aspect to That's even right. the Mississippi accent. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, even at our uh, little Anglican church that we go to, there's you know we have this older generation of uh, folks that uh, you know every time I get to interact with them, it's so fun because they have that uh, flourishy non right. uh, non rotic uh, 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 you know verbiage where they're uh, kind of treating the letter R very softly you know and so you hear a, <laughs> a lot of the uh, a lot of the words another southern or uh, right, culture right, yeah. you know <laughs> I love uh, when one of them in particular prays she's like I just I ask the Lord to bless us <laughs> right and you just don't hear folks in our age group talk like that it's kind of interesting exactly even. Though and even uh, that one's like our grandparents, yeah. right? Like that's that's no, the, that's the right. grandparents' uh, age. And so, like the the other one, like the one that Faulkner is, is kind of the generation prior to even that. Even before one. that, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, um, now this is making me want to do an entire podcast study on like the Mississippi accent over the years and how it's changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's like <laughs> I think that goes for a lot of places in the South and probably sure elsewhere too. But 
Um, yeah. One, one thing, of course, Faulkner did uh, have a, a varied lifestyle known for, um, you know, he wasn't, uh, um, uh, <laughs> I mentioned church, but he wasn't known as a uh, an, an altar boy kind of thing. <laughs> uh, sure, you know, had sure, several yeah. affairs in his life and uh, developed quite a uh, dramatic drinking problem that, uh, frankly, was, uh, you know, incredibly uh, amazing that he was able to accomplish so much uh, and still, uh, you know, hitting the bottle pretty hard. So, um, did he popularize that? Cause I mean, I think, uh, you know, authors are often known for their alcoholism. <laughs> well, it, you know, there is a sense in which it, you know, the, the brokenness even of the author comes through and, um, right, influences, yeah. uh, writings. I think you see that in a lot of creatives and, um, it's, it's someone channeling their own, uh, their own story into their work. And, and I'm sure Faulkner was no different. Of course, we would uh, be remiss if we didn't talk about Faulkner's pipe smoking. Well, that's what it's all about. Faulkner, of course, is uh, one of the most famous pipe smokers in the United States history and committed pipe smoker. He was not uh, not a dandy that only appeared with his pipe, uh, you know, for photos and things of that nature. He was uh, someone that that, uh, you know, he smoked a pipe. He was he was a daily in and out pipe smoker and, um, you know, often seen with a straight billiard uh, occasionally a bent pipe, but generally that straight billiard with that uh, very uh, famous white speckle on the on the top of the stem there, the Dunhills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he loved uh, loved those smooth finished pipes and didn't talk about. Uh, you know, he didn't. He's not someone that wrote a lot of poems about what pipe he. You know, tobacco he smoked and all this kind of stuff. But was was very fond of uh, of Dunhill products and particularly nine six five that. Uh, you know, was found. They the the story was they found so many empty tins of nine six five uh, there at his residence, Rowan Oak, uh, after he passed away, that they had trouble figuring out what to do with them. But he would give them to you know the little kids that would come visit as little presents, you know, and they would play with them or put their little treasures in them. And I, I I think to myself like I'd like my own kids to have that. You know, I'd like my own kids like mm. when they visit their friends and everyone's pulling out like their you know their toys or whatever. Like my kids are going to be the ones with you know, or like golden slice tins that are empty, full of their little Legos and stuff, you know, or their rock collection. Right. right. <laughs> well, listen, man, we, we play poker a lot whenever, uh, you know, whenever we're out and about. And I, I always bring the poker chips along in a Frogmorton tent. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. I, I just, I love the the feeling of that. You know, it's uh, uh, this sense in which, you know, he, he's, it really is a part of his fabric to the point where, uh, you know, the, the office that he, that his uh, typewriter still sits in just has that stink of, uh, of English blend that still kind of permeates the walls and things of that nature. So, um, you know, the, the reality of it is, is certainly there, but, um, yeah, Faulkner, he, he did, he did like his pipe, not, not to say he wasn't a peacock about it. He, he did like to reach for his pipe when taking photos and, um, you know, of course, oh, big was, time, yeah. um, you, you know, what was very uh, aware and conscious of his, uh, uh, you know, image and things of that nature as any any celebrity would be. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's someone that that was a committed pipe smoker, liked an English blend, uh, liked a complex blend, uh, and, um, and and someone, of course, that that smoked a fine pipe in, in that of a Dunhill. In rural Mississippi at the time, uh, you know, you weren't going to find products like this. So a lot of mail order, uh, you know, he'd pick these things up when he was out of town, maybe up the road in Memphis, which is um, nowadays about 45 minutes away from where he lived. But, you know, back then was was a much longer trek. And so, um, you know, it's just uh, um, it just just interesting, you know, his connection to that, uh, you know, probably picked up pipe smoking as a as a young chap. And uh, it developed into a more sophisticated thing as he. Uh, went along and um, and you know it, it probably very much the same evolution as his writing and and the rest of his life but um, yeah man fascinating figure someone that uh, has a lot of you know works obviously in the uh, in the top list of the 20th century but uh, someone that's hard to read someone that uh, you know, is is difficult to get through sometimes because of uh, his writing style, but uh, but 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 someone also that really in some ways defines a genre, particularly the mm-hmm. that Southern Gothic dark, uh, you know, realism, the you know kind of. Uh, moodiness that uh, you know it's almost like a southern version of H.P. Lovecraft which we talked about recently mm, yeah. um, you, you know just this kind of dark twisted murkiness that uh, uh, you know is trying to you know get to the root of some really uh, intense emotions and things of this nature so uh, it can be hard to get through but uh, but pretty rewarding and uh, certainly canon for, uh, for for you know fans of southern literature so anyway William Faulkner 
pipe smoker. Faulkner, I mean, I think it's safe to say just his name appears from time to time on various blends you might find around the South. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it is. Of course, not, not even just the South, really. Yeah, I mean, I think you see his name occasionally referenced at uh, different places. Uh, we have a, a flight tobacco at our shop that's actually manufactured for us by uh, Sutliff that uh, that we refer to as Faulkner Flake, um, and uh, you know, just a. a Kind of a homage to him. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, figure because we're an older shop that Faulkner actually shopped at our at our store. But uh, Faulkner actually passed away before the Country Squire opened, um, and so that was that was not the case. But um, you know, it, certainly a lot of folks when they do think of uh, writers, they think of pipe smokers, and and of course one of the first ones that comes up is uh, is William Faulkner. It, do y'all ever have anybody, or have you ever had anybody come by the shop making that like, oh, we're we're here for on our Faulkner tour? That, and- <laughs> yes, I, I have. As a matter of fact, yeah, a lot of folks, wow. uh, you know, they come to Mississippi to study, uh, you know, uh, writers or maybe blues musicians. There's a lot of folks that come mm-hmm. from out of state to to you know go to these blues famous blues historic sites and things like that. This is a real uh, hotbed for that that style of music and of course uh, Southern literature. Uh, as well, and so you know they'll they'll fly into Jackson and they'll kind of do their tour of the Delta and North Mississippi and go into the Pine Belt some and uh, and these guys a lot of times they'll come through uh, looking for that type of thing and they'll say oh a pipe shop well Faulkner smoked a pipe and so uh, you know we point them to to the few little uh, cans of uh, what is now Peterson nine six five that we have over there but <laughs> anyway um, yeah pretty pretty interesting man yeah it's a, a fascinating culture. Uh, around that well, that's great man well hey you know one of the great things about kind of exploring these uh kind of the, the history of these various pipe smokers is unpacking not just you know what it was they smoked but what their influence was beyond the culture that exists within our own you know pipe smoking community and kind of in the culture at large that's one of the things i really love about this series in particular is that it allows us to to you know yeah we can nerd out on on this particular blend or you know this particular pipe style or talk about you know the benefits of doing this that to, to maintain your pipe but ultimately like the folks that are out there like you know you mentioned peacock and like, there's that that in and of itself is actually a, a big benefit <laughs> to the uh, to the pipe community to uh, you know if you're getting photographed to make sure your pipe is with you and that sort of thing it kind of communicates that we're still here and we. Uh, still have uh, you know uh, significant influence on on the various industries and worlds in which we we serve and operate. Man, and and and, uh, and also that uh, that you know you can smoke a pipe as well, something like that. Just uh, reminding folks that it's uh, you know very much available and approachable and and that kind of thing. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, man, I I really loved it. And one of the things I I also love is whenever we get a chance to talk about someone else who really appreciates the uh, the various uh, the various authors from American history as well as the various. Uh, pipe smoking icons throughout the year. And of course, I'm talking about our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. No, that's right, man. The Missouri Meerschaum has a great uh, selection of pipes that are very affordable and approachable and of course, very high quality and uh, good tasting pipes and pipes to share with your friends and everyday pipes as well. Uh, man, today we're talking about the Charlestown Cobbler Corn Cob Pipe, uh, which is available at corncobpipe.com. Charlestown Cobbler, it's a really cool uh, kind of mashup they did with Cornell and Deal out of South Carolina. Really beautiful kind of ruby red stem that's this dark red uh, acrylic stem Italian uh, bit that they came out with to pair with this nice uh, brandy shaped pipe and um, you know, hardwood insert in the bowl. And so uh, just a very high quality pipe, a handsome pipe, one that does, uh, you might say, peacock just enough to to uh, put a little edge on it. But uh, I mean, a very fine piece and a, and a good seller. You can get it at corncobpipe.com. Uh, if you'll go there, uh, you can find it at uh, retails uh, for uh, $23.99, which is uh, very reasonable for the uh, quality of pipe and the size of the bowl and all that. And uh, man, check it out. Uh, they would be more than happy to send you one straight from Washington, Missouri. Yeah, man. And on top of that, they've got a great, great promotion uh, deal going on at our at Missouri Mearsham. And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's the 25 Days of Giving promotion. And what you'll want to do is uh, this year, of course, it being very, very difficult. So to help spread some cheer, the good folks at Missouri Mearsham are offering a 25 Days of giving giveaway uh, from basically, uh, you know, now until the December 24th, you can enter for a chance to win a Missouri Mearsham prize. Drawings will be held from December 1st through Christmas day, and they'll be drawing once daily. So you want to enter right now for your chance to win. Head over to corncobpipe.com. That's their website, corncobpipe.com to enter in for the 25 days of giving from our good friends at Missouri Mearsham. 
Quick Fire with the Squire. Quick Fire Quest Jones! All right, man. Quick fire questions. We're continuing those uh, not at all controversial questions from uh, from Eric that we started before Thanksgiving. Uh, are you ready, sir? Oh, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> all right. Spurgeon or Wesley? I, I'm a Spurgeon guy. I, You know, Wesley's great, but uh, man, Charles Spurgeon all day long. <laughs> did did Wesley smoke a pipe? Did John Wesley smoke a pipe? You or? know, I, I don't know. I actually doubt it. I, I think back again, I'm no, um, you know, the, theologian, um, like, his, histor- theological historian or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not much of a, you know, Wesley expert or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think the early days of, of Methodism was more associated with temperance and things of that nature. So I, I kind of doubt John Wesley smoked a pipe, but I'm not sure. I know Charles Spurgeon was an avid cigar smoker and occasionally would pick up a pipe as well. So uh, See, I kind of feel like you, you got to tip your hat in that direction as a uh, as a good uh, good pipe smoking enthusiast. That's kind of what you got to do. So, yeah, so we're going to go with Spurgeon there. Uh, limited or unlimited atonement? Oh, uh, man. Um, Set your feelings. You know I, it to be true. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a limited atonement guy, but I don't want to fight about it, number one. And number two, <laughs> and number two I, I, I have very specific definitions about what that means. And so if mm, you mm-hmm. if you think it means something there's a good chance that that's different from what i think it means <laughs> that's yeah you know that's, that's that's a great way to frame it so, so it's you know very, it's very like it, you know it, it's like you know you ask someone if they believe in in dragons and it's like well do you believe in dragons well yeah i believe in dragons and they're like what you believe in dragons these fictitious uh you know creatures that you know fly around and breathe fire and destroy castles and it's like Oh, I thought you meant, you know, something that had four legs and crawled around on the floor and went under the refrigerator and uh, ate cheese, you know? <laughs> it's like, we have different definitions of what a dragon is, you know? And so, Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it, this is kind of where I'm coming from. So, Look anyway. at this man. He's, he's like, like let, me, let me just d- dodge over here, dive over here. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not going not gonna, to, I'm not going to swing a punch, but I'm not going to get hit either. That's I got, right. I got you, man. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'll say limited as well. I, I too have no desire to fight about it because um, I'm not and i don't and like if if someone is to disagree i'm totally cool with that yeah. like you know what i mean like i'm I'm, I'm well past that stage yeah. so yeah fair enough uh <laughs> yeah absolutely uh wine or grape juice now i will fight about this yeah I, i'm a wine guy at communion yeah. of course is a, a more of a high church uh preference uh on, on our part we uh, we enjoy that uh, that real leaded uh, leaded communion wine <laughs> yeah I, I have read the new and old testament and have not found welches anywhere uh okay <laughs> <laughs> preservation of the saints or you can lose your salvation um I, yeah again perseverance of the saints uh that's that's very uh kind of important in my own uh you know theological framework and and really daily life framework i, I uh for me that's just a very um kind of critical um you know theological point but um but again you know not something i'm willing to uh spend a whole lot of time arguing about if uh if that's going to be the reason that we can't uh, move on to another topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, hundred percent, no power of hell, nor scheme of man, man. I, I'm, I'm absolutely about the uh, perseverance of the saints and I, I won't fight about this, but this one I will, I'm happy to sit down and, and really like, you know, stand strong on with somebody because I think there's a lot of like, like a lot of liberation that comes with that, a lot of freedom that comes with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, good, good way to put it. And encouragement. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then finally, uh, I love Virginia this. or East Virginia. <laughs> he, he, Eric says Virginia or East Virginia. So, so the, the real Virginia to Eric is what most people would refer to as West Virginia, which is interesting. Um, so I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Virginia. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I, 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 I too will do that because I don't get, I don't get it. This one, this one, I I have no, I have no dog in this fight. Yep. Hey, my sense is that he's, he's, he's kind of getting a dig on there at the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia and kind of pulling for West Virginia. But, um, I I don't know. That might be, that might be wrong. I'm just going to say Virginia. And I feel like that's a nice blanket statement that, uh, won't get me in trouble with anybody. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, there you go. There is our our uh, not at all controversial uh, quick fire questions. 
And uh, yeah, no, I mean, we didn't, we didn't get any hate mail from the first time well, around. All the, I think all we'll the be poor, fine on this one. All the poor non-Christians that are like listening to this that are like, what are they even talking about? Who's a Charles right. Spurgeon? <laughs> what is an atonement? Like, <laughs> just we appreciate you for being kind enough to uh, put up with uh, some of our nerdiness uh, here for a little bit. And you can all blame it on Eric, who's a good friend of the show. <laughs> right. That's 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 excellent. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Thanks, Eric, for that. And hey, if you've got quick fire questions for us, send them into the show. That is uh, show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, this first one is coming in from Kurt. Um, yeah, and Kurt actually wrote in uh, you know, an episode or so ago. Why don't you uh, tell us what uh, Kurt had to say? Yeah, he says, Hi, guys. Apologies if this is the incorrect channel to use in contacting you. Uh, I don't have any social media accounts and uh, to use instead. And Kurt, I'm very jealous that that is the case in your life. I and wish that was me. I aspire to be you one day. <laughs> he <laughs> says, uh, A couple of weeks ago, I sent an email thanking you for the work you do on Country Squire Radio, which served as an escape as we uh, prepared for a brain surgery for my son. Uh, for whatever it's worth, I just wanted to write and let you know that the operation yesterday was a success. Uh, unfortunately, though, we're not out of the woods yet. It appears that my little son will need some chemotherapy in order to continue tre- continue treating the tumor in his brain. Uh, it's going to be a tough haul here for a bit, but we will keep pushing forward and I'm tuning into CSR throughout. Uh, thanks to all for any prayers said for our little boy and that is from kurt uh kurt crosby well uh kurt we uh number one i mean we 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 are grateful that you um man tuned into the show and and found us and and are so uh happy you know that we've been able to be a little part of of your story but um man number two success you know most importantly successful operation uh for uh for little uh mr crosby and uh man just so so grateful to that or for that and so uh, praise the Lord, and, and we hope that um, man, it, that little man comes through a lot of the treatments. I know it's uh, like you said, a long road ahead, but uh, it sounds like he's tough and has a really good support system. And um, man, we wish the best for for him and your family. So, man, best wishes. Absolutely, man. Uh, encouraging, but yeah, like you said, not out of the woods. And we'll be thinking and praying for you, man. Yep. Absolutely, uh, man. We also got a uh, iTunes review in. This one is from. Oh, man. You know, these iTunes user handles are sometimes just a bunch of jumbled letters. <laughs> You're just going to have to say the letters, I think. <laughs> there we go. Kivixan. <laughs> what did Kivixan have to say? Kivixan, K-J-V-X-H-N, says, Morta Origins. Hi, I uh, love the podcast. I listen to the Metal Pipe and Olive podcast and would love to hear one about Morta Pipes. I looked through the podcast and didn't see one, but I think it would make a very interesting podcast topic. Keep up the good work, and that's from uh, a bunch of consonants that we can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do believe we've done a morta episode before that's in that first hundred uh episodes uh oh, I, yeah huh. I, I think i think there is one back in the day and uh morta would be a good one to revisit it's a uh you know a, certainly a, a pipe making material that's uh fascinating and uh you know has some story to it has some uh complexity to it it's expensive and uh hard to work and and smokes very uniquely uh, i think it'd be good to uh uh, good to revisit there if folks aren't familiar with uh, with that as a pipe material. Yeah, that's good. You know, we occasionally we do get these kind of requests for episodes that that we've done before, but it has been literally like you know almost a decade. Like like in it may be worth going back and 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 like you say, doing an episode on. I just wondered if. <sighs> If we do this and when we do these episodes, should that be almost kind of like a series unto itself? Kind of like a, like a, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I hate to pretend as though we never covered it before. Revisiting the past kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's also not like a replay of an episode because ideally, you know, we're bringing in some newer information. Yeah, we're kind yeah, of, sure. <laughs> we're also, we're revisiting a topic with you know, you now have additional years of knowledge and can kind of speak more you yeah. know, intuitively on it. And then also just, there's also a depth of industry expertise that frankly you have today that you didn't have back then. I mean, mm-hmm. you had what you had back then, but now you're, you're John David Cole. You're on the Mount Rushmore of Pice Smokers from Mississippi. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> yeah. If Mount Rushmore were in like the, I don't know, the, the kitty 
kitty pool the park or something. I, yeah. No, no, it's 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 huge. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, but anyway, so uh, something uh, something to think about for sure. And uh, great suggestion there, man. Let's uh, let's also do this with this Jim in Virginia uh, who wrote in. He said, "Love this show. These guys quickly have become pals. Happy to uh, support this fine show." And Jim, thank you so much for supporting the show both through your uh, iTunes review. And of course, for everyone who is able to support the show through the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club, if you haven't done so already, head over to patreon.com slash Radio, where you can become a supporter of the show there. Uh, man, also, you know, I, I failed to mention this at the top of the show, but we, we want to make sure people know we are getting close to the end of the year, which means we're getting close to our best of series. And if you've not done so yet, go over to countrysquireradio.com and nominate your choices for who is the best of 2020 in the pipe world. We've got great categories there for pipe accessories, pipe carvers, products, people. Uh, You can find all the information there. And by the way, just as an additional reminder, when we're asking for the best of products, we're specifically looking for new products that entered into the market on 2020. So really excited to see what y'all's nominations are and to announce the winners here at the very tail end of the year, of which is, like I said, fast approaching. Coming quick. Absolutely, man. Of course, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow uh, me. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. At Squire Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, we uh, did, did we make our peace with Faulkner? I think we did. I, I, think, I did, think we did. You know, there's uh, always more to be said about someone as interesting and uh, prolific as him, but uh, yeah, I, I I think we did him some justice and uh, I don't know, maybe it's time to pick up, uh, um, you know, the sound and the fury again and see if I can stomach a few, uh, few four pennants, four page sentences. <laughs> yeah. Actually, do you even know what making one's peace with Faulkner is? I don't. I don't think that I'm supposed to. I do know what that means, but I'm, I don't think I'm supposed to know. So for those that know and are offended by the fact that I just said that because I'm not supposed to know. I'm not going to say how I know, but I know. Well, now I'm curious. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And with that, let's go have a day. See you, brother. See you, brother.